Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mystery on the rocks, oh yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. And welcome to another episode of Mystery on the Rocks, the show where unsolved mysteries and cocktails are had together. <laughs> in a show which you listen to hello uh you are also listening to our special series about uh well what are we calling this series uh, we can't, i don't know it's there's not a catchy name maybe we'll think of it as we go that's a good Just, idea didn't we decide it's sort of geopolitics war and espionage yes geopolitics war and espionage which is you're it's right good. it's a good title i like it it's um, a good catch-all p.s by the way if you like our bullshit uh, you can hear even more of it on our Patreon. Yeah. Patreon.com slash mystery on the rocks, all one word. Uh, if you join at the top tier, you, after three months, get free stuff. Yeah, you get yourself a little, little present. T shirt, mug, poster, hoodie. 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 Oh, hoodie. Um, all those things can be yours if hoodie you join our Patreon. And there's new content every day. Three times kind a week. Kind of. Like occasionally, occasionally, occasionally we miss a day. We're soz. But you get stuff every week. You yeah. get like bonus episodes. Oh, look at yeah, that. Yeah, man. Hey, aren't you lucky? Fantastic voices you're hearing are the amazing Suze Kempner. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris, you sly dog. Uh... <laughs> Uh, and the amazing Chris Stokes oh hi I'm Chris (laughs) I love diving Um, uh, it's so weird Uh, that I only ever think about how I used to dive when we talk other times yeah because I'm obsessed with it yeah other times it's just there's no the memory's not even there I I can't stop thinking about how Chris used to jump off the diving board and try and touch the ceiling yeah oh yeah like how fucking brave that's proper brave that danger Chris what are you a fireman (laughs) that was yeah that's proper mad do you think that's how they train yes (laughs) they jump they have to touch the ceiling if you can't touch the ceiling you're not going to be a fireman come on mate it's just the last bit of your training. Yeah. You're the bravest fireman we've ever had. That's just up. You know in Dumbo where the uh, the clowns of the fire brigade. And they all oh, fire yeah. And yeah, then they climb up and then they jump into the little bit of water. That's What you've done there is you just reminded me of Dumbo. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because I watched that five times recently. Uh, and I say I watched Lucy it. love it. She quite What, the it, new actually. one or the old Does one? Does she no, enjoy the, the racist crows? <laughs> I she was like, place. she pointed at you. <laughs> she went, I've seen a house splat. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Chris. <laughs> yeah, Lucy and I sing it together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I don't think Masood gets so much joy from doing the impression of the racist cross. <laughs> His eyes lit up. He's like, I love those guys. It's. It, I think it's because like I obviously grew up watching it, and it was you know it was, it was always racist. But I, I was like, as a kid, I was like, what lovely crows! I enjoy their. I just song. think they're cool. <laughs> and then it, you know, obviously it sort of dawns on you, and then yeah. <laughs> and then you watch it again. You're like. But the but the love is still there. <laughs> it's, it's so hard to let go of. Like, I'm like, oh, because they have on all Disney Plus stuff um, like that, and I think it's uh, Lady and the Tramp. There's a few right. others, but they have a little disclaimer at the beginning now where they oh, say, right. "Oh, we know context. some of this was racist, but we want to mm. keep it in its full thing to start the conversation." I'm like, they've got enough money to say that. That's that's <laughs> yeah, Disney. Yeah, that's it. What are we drinking today? What are we? Okay, what have we got? so. Where we are in the series, we started recording a long time ago. So when it when when it came to our first episode with Rasputin, mm. I said in it that my mission this series was going to be a drink that replicated the Wambar. <laughs> <laughs> I thought oh, I'm going to yeah. make it. I'm going to make it my mission this series to do that. And then I'd forgotten by episode two, <laughs> but yeah. I only just, only just oh. listened back to Rasputin. And I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, that was what I said I was going to do. Yeah. Um, uh, and so stay with me on this to get the sort of like pinky hue, right? Mm. I thought I'd do something crazy. Yeah. Oh my god! So I got oh some gosh. red onion, oh. and I squirted some lime juice over it, some sugar and some salt, and left it for about fifteen minutes. And then sort of I, I'll use that hue with some like grenadine or, or booze or something. I don't know to yeah. sort of like try and get the sweet flavour. But when I actually tasted the onion juice, I was like, no, that would go quite well with this non-alcoholic spirit and then some tonic. So that's all it is. And it's delicious. It's really okay. nice. Wow. Sounds quite nice. So I'm no closer to the Wham, but this was my first step in trying to get the pink colour of a Wham bar. Yeah. Ooh, so what do you what do you call it? Is it like a gin? Yeah, so the, it's... Uh, called it's a yam-yam like... thank you, Wham. <laughs> oh, I love that. A yam-yam thank you, ma'am. That's not bad. Thank like you, Wham. Maybe when I actually do the Wham cocktail, I'll call it that. But this is just like this is like pickled red onion and tonic. So pickled red onion and tonic. What would you What would you call it? Uh, what I can think of is something with the word tonic, like 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 a pickled red onion tonic. <laughs> My brain is gone. We because we moved house last week. I know what I'll call it. What pickled red onion is P R O. So I'm going to call it a protonic. Ooh, Very good. I like it. What are you drinking, Suze? Ooh, well, look at this. This is probably That's, the colour Chris hue. would have gone for. Fantastic. Yeah, so what I have here is Prosecco with my own, with some liqueur brewed in my own personal cellar. That's Ooh. right. It's my piss with blood in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's, um... <laughs> Delicious. That's nice. Don't judge. You can't judge me. Only God can. And he says... <laughs> Good job, <laughs> It's, I made, right, so we get at the odd box, which is when they send surplus stuff from farms. You yes. pay a flat fee and you don't know what you're going to get. And we got like a big bag of fucking plums. I went, I don't know what I'm going to do with those. Then I put them in a jam jar, which had had honey in it. So there's a tiny bit of honey in oh. with chopped up the plums, added sugar and then topped it up with vodka. Shook it up, left it for three weeks. Added <laughs> nice. to Prosecco. And? Oh, um, it doesn't taste it very much, to be honest. Are they organic uh, produce, or is it just whatever? Like I don't know. I think they're whatever, but they it tends to be better than what you get at the supermarket. Okay, because it's so fresh. 
Yeah, I imagine it might be organic. Do you know what it I looks mean, like, Suze? It looks like, like flat iron brew. <laughs> flat it's iron busy. Brew. It it looks like uh, my greatest ever cocktail creation, which I made in 2012. Cranpane. Cranpane. <laughs> cranberry juice and champagne. Uh, my I used to make it all the time, and my ex named it Cranpane. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I can taste a tiny bit of the liqueur, but it's kind of sharp, and it's all right. I like. I think I failed. <laughs> I'd high hopes, but I think I failed. I should have just whacked a load of Skittles in the vodka and gone, yeah, look what I did. <laughs> Skittle vodka. So what we've got here is red onion and tonic water is better than plums and Prosecco, which I don't believe. Actually, do you know what? I'm getting like... Okay, hang on. Mm. It's not just the Prosecco. It's got a slight, like, sweet and sour undercurrent, which is fine. Yeah, but... Plums are, I guess plums aren't that tasty. Plums like, are you don't... a weird one, yeah. Yeah. You... I fermented some plums and then took the plum juice and the plum skins and ground up, like dried the skins, ground them up. So that was quite nice, fuck? actually. If you substitute the word plums for people, you sound insane. <laughs> <laughs> so I fermented Old Ed Gein, now very own Ed Gein. Um, Masood, But you... the plums themselves were This fine. just sounds well, like you're trying a to make plum leather. of time. Well, yeah, I did actually. I made plum leather, and that tasted all right. And but I like, made shoes, and they're but, real good. Yeah, and then, then I made myself a jacket, and they called me Plum Leather Jacket Joe. <laughs> I made That's a what... I made a bodysuit. I made a plum dick. <laughs> oh my! Oh my god! You imagine? Ugh. Now I'm imagining myself in a plum bodysuit. Like, like Ed Gein, he like made Ed that Gein. woman's suit and he beat a drum made of human skin That's with a leg right. bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he tucked himself in and he was like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Goodbye, horses. <laughs> Sometimes uh, when yeah. I when Except I, worked... I sing 80s classic Obsession by <laughs> An Emotion. <laughs> You're an obsession. You're Masood, obsession. that just sounds like that's what you actually do. <laughs> There was just no need to change my... the song. This just, is what Masood does. Yeah, just dance around in my kitchen singing Obsession by Animation. And Sarah comes in and she's like, Masood. And you go, goodbye horses, <laughs> over the top of the track. And she's like, wow, that sounds awesome. <laughs> it sounds so good. Oh. Untuck, please. That's gross. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> Masood's like, don't worry, it's made out of plum skin. <laughs> it's fine. It's plum skin. It's cool. It's cool, man. Don't it's worry. What are you drinking, Masood? I'm drinking a Cuban old-fashioned. What? It's got, got cigars, chopped up dried cigars. Does it have it's, rum yeah. in it? So it's white rum. And so like the, you know, the, the kind of like basics for an old-fashioned, which is like sugar, uh, Angostura bitters, bit of water. Yeah. Uh, this has orange liqueur in it and okay. rum. And yes, and an ice cube. And it is quite nice, actually. Yeah. I, Smooth. I picked it because we turned the heating on and I don't know how it works yet. And it's so hot in this house. Oh, I'm I like, see. Oh, so I need a tropical drink. <laughs> so, That's good, though, isn't it, for winter? Because you'll pay less for your central heating. Yes. So, Chris, what do you have for us today? The Osage Murders. <gasps> whoa, 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 what? It was also called the Reign of Terror. This really, the, that's cool. This, okay. Well, like, it, 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 it happened name. over years, so the fact that we're putting it here in is like, I guess, because it's sort of like from 1910 to 1930 is like when it—that's 20 years. Jesus. That they were they were killed, but also 
Wow. It was in the it was in the twenties when it was at like its uh peak. Or Nadir, yeah. some might say. Okay, <laughs> okay. It's Nadir. Yeah, like when it was at its worst. Oh right. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah peak yeah. implies business was booming. Business is booming. Yeah. Oh, business is a booming. It also has like a, a what something happened in the nineteen twenties is possibly as a result of this that ended up like having a massive impact on the United States of America. I oh, okay. See. So I thought I we'll put it here gotcha. in the series. So I'm I'm taking it to be about 1926 when really it's sort of like from 1921 to 1926. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, okay, sense. okay. In the early 1920s, mm-hmm. Western America was scandalized because 18 native Americans from Osage and three non-natives were all murdered within a short period of time on the Osage Reservation. Isn't it California? I believe it's Oklahoma. Oops. Oh, is it? It's the largest county in the US state of Oklahoma. It was created oh. in 1907, but oil had been found there 10 years previously in about in the, in the late 1800s. Uh, and then, of course, there was a reservation, uh, a native population there. Yes. Okay. Uh, so the US Department of the Interior managed leases for oil exploration and production on land owned by the Osage Nation through... Uh, a bureau that was called the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Because <laughs> there was, mm. obviously, it was until, like, I think there are still some people that do call them Indians, but, like... Yeah. This yeah. is still when they had the the Washington Redskins as a football team? Yeah, 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 I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> there was oil there. It was wealthy yeah. land. Was the reservation on top of the oil reserve? Or, or, or near to it. Oh, so it was near enough that it, it could have... Yeah, right, okay. The Bureau of Indian Affairs was managed by the... U.S. Department of the Interior, which managed the leases for oil exploration and production, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. and it managed mm-hmm. royalties and it paid individual allottees. But as part of the process of preparing Oklahoma for for statehood, because it wasn't a state at that point, okay, uh, the federal government gave six hundred and fifty seven acres to each Osage on the tribal rolls in nineteen oh seven. Okay. Whether they were part of the tribe or not, it means that they and their legal heirs had head rights to royalties in oil production based on the allotments of the... Land. Oh, because, yeah, right, right. Oh, so they would have crossed yeah. over into the... Right, and okay. they can be inherited by legal heirs, including non-natives. So, like... Right. Yeah, so the tribe held the mineral rights communally and it paid its members by a percentage related to how, many, how much land they held. Oh, right. Wow, Okay. Yeah, um, that's pretty good. Obviously, by 1920, oil was booming. Yeah. And it meant that yeah. Osage County was very, very wealthy. Yes. Mm. In 1923, and just in 1923, in 1923 alone, the tribe took in more than $30 million, which is the equivalent of, in today money, of $400 million. Wow, that is substantial. Oof. So, word spread about this. People across <clears throat> the United States, they read about the Osage tribe, and it was called the richest nation, clan, or social group of any race on earth, including the whites, man for man. So Whoa. as a community, yeah. they were the richest group of people on planet earth. Whoa. Wow. And That's pretty good. they were non-white. Yeah, stick it to the man. So they were the, they were the original influencers. <laughs> so you know what that would have meant for some very angry white people? Yeah. Would have meant, meant they had to create a TV show about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, re- yeah. a real, 1920s reality show. <laughs> you know, this, this, the narrative is that... Um, the, the narrative that persists is, is that indigenous people are primitive. Right. Yes. So yeah. You have this idea of like you have the Native Americans, and then the British came over, 
and they like gutted the land and they decimated mm. the native population, uh, oppressed them, and then sort of like civilized like, civilized them. Yeah. Right? Which yeah, and I'm like not saying that. that they we did civilize them, but what I am saying is that they weren't primitive people. So when they no. got money and the amenities that were around, they used it to send their children to good schools and they bought fancy cars, clothes and jewellery and sort of like all the amenities of the 20th century that were gearing up. Yeah. They yeah. also wanted some. It's not like... Of course they did, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like they were, no, we're quite happy. Like this I, this this image of the Native American in the white person's narrative is that they, they wanted to keep living in teepees, which they didn't. <laughs> Mad, <laughs> isn't it? Do you know what I we, mean? It's, as, yeah. as humans, white people are very against recognizing humans that maybe aren't from the same background as them as just other humans yeah exactly the idea that like they they want to they won't like the internet if these non-white people if these native americans become as a group the richest community on planet earth yeah that will put some noses out of joint from from the very people um yeah they were they were using their wealth they uh so like like i said to send children to private schools they bought cars clothes jewelry they went traveling in europe they saw the world yeah and they actually were i mean you know sue said oh they're the first influencers newspapers would follow them and cover cover what they did in as news stories around around the world were they critical or were the newspapers more like oh how interesting someone saw my expect probably patronizing but i don't think that they were critical no right probably very nanak of the north oh okay right 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 you remind Um, me when you said that about the the thing of like a friend of mine went traveling in africa and he didn't have an iphone and everyone there was like what you don't have a smart you're so village what is what's the matter with you and it's like so village village. yeah yeah yeah. like like people who live in the village do not have (laughs) 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 get an iphone today (laughs) village boy (laughs) you're so village but yeah man that's a good parody that's I I rec- that's mad though. So like they were they were followed around and people were like, look. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just the tribe that became well known. It was also the area. So like thousands and upon thousands of oil workers, yeah, because of the oil boom, came to Osage County. A lot of those were white. A lot of them were white mm. opportunists. Right. And a historian Robert Warrior. That's a good name, isn't it? That's Robert a Warrior. Been a while since we've had a great name. Robert yeah, man. Warrior. Like he apparently said. Uh, some were uh, entrepreneurial, but some were also criminal. Okay. And that and the criminal ones, they wanted to separate the wealth and the oil from the Osage tribe by any means necessary. Right. Now, if you remember, this whole episode is about the Osage Indian murders. Yeah. <laughs> so we know where it led. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the United States Congress, they didn't think that the that the Osage would be able to manage their new wealth. Ugh. And also that combined with being lobbied by white Americans who wanted a piece of what they thought was theirs. Mm-hmm. Congress passed a law in 1921 which required that courts appoint guardians oh, for each hell. Osage of half blood or more in ancestry. So even if somebody was half white, half Osage, they'd need a guardian who would manage their right. royalties and financial affairs until they demonstrated that they could do it themselves. That's fucking yeah. bullshit. It's like that. That's that's again. That's that thing of stepping and being like, no, they don't know how to handle their money, so we must step in and help them out. So under this system, even kids who had less than who had less than half Osage blood had to have guardians appointed, even if their parents were dead. 
um, uh, so these, who do you think these guardians were that they appointed? Uh, uh, don't know. Uh, I don't they know. were white lawyers. Yeah, I was, yeah. Oh, white well, businessmen. I, see. Yeah. I um, see where you're going with this. Yeah, <laughs> and also that meant that they were then just put in charge of all the money and the wealth of these indigenous people. They. That's you know the, the 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 opportunity and incentive to be nefarious and wicked with it was too much. Okay. Yeah. Now some of these guardians they were clever and they operated just within the parameters of the law, but to steal the land and the royalties and what they called the head rights. Remember from like the, yeah, the, right. the, the basically the right to the to the land that they would pass down to their descendants. The guardians could take that from themselves. Fuck. Um, and some of them would do it within the confines of the law, sneakily. Right. But others would just, like, kill them. Just outright take it. Kill them? What, kill them and take the money? The Department of the Interior in 1924 charged two dozen guardians of the Osage with corruption What? Uh, in the administration of their duties related to their charges, but they all avoided punishment by, very American, settling out of court. Oh, oh like Michael yes. Jackson. Yes. And they, these these guardians that were charged with this, they were believed to have swindled their charges out of like millions of dollars, do- millions Fuck of dollars. Mm-hmm. In 1929, $27 million was reported as still being held by the guardian system, which was the organisation set up to protect the financial interests of those Osage people that were put in uh, the care of guardians. Mm. Yeah, right. In the early 1920s, this was when the, there was the reported murders of 18 Osage and three non-native uh, in Osage County. Right. And mm-hmm. that's, this was what it, it was called the Reign of Terror. Okay. And some of these murders seemed associated with several members of one family. Mm-hmm. On May the 27th, 1921, local hunters discovered the decomposing body of 36-year-old Anna Brown in a remote ravine of Osage County. Unable to find the killer, local authorities ruled her death as accidental because of alcohol poisoning and put the case aside. What? Oh, she got drunk, fell down a ravine. She Ah. was divorced, which means that the will was... It was passed to her mother, basically. The estate was uh, given to her mother, Lizzie. This is another good name. Lizzie Q. Kyle. Lizzie Q. Lizzie Q. Kyle. Because the police were like, ah, she was drunk, she fell down. That's often what they would do to someone who was like a sex worker or yeah. a woman of colour or whatever. Um, but, okay, so they just went, oh, well, this is what happened. But she was a divorcee, didn't you hear that, Suze? She's an old man. Ah, shit! She was a... She was a, a she was an old maid, see? No, scarlet no woman, woman an old yeah. maid. <laughs> Later on, a petty criminal named Kelsey Morrison confessed to murdering her. Um, Kelsey Morrison. I but did say that. that a very prominent local cattleman by the name of William Hale, had asked him to do it. Ooh. What? Go on, mate. Um, yeah. Do us a fiver, kill that divorcee. And in the course. movie, he's played by Kelsey Grammer. Uh, um, that's Money Train. <laughs> money Plane. <laughs> you ever seen a lady fall down a ravine drunk? That's Money, money Plane. <laughs> Anna Brown was Osage. So as well as saying that he'd killed her at the behest of William Hale, he also implicated... William Howe's nephew and Anna Brown's ex-boyfriend Brian Burkhart. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. He said that after meeting 
uh, Anna Brown earlier at her sister Molly's home, he and Burkhart took a heavily drunk Brown to Three Mile Creek where he shot and killed her. Now, interestingly, it says he shot her when police were unable to find the killer. They just said it was accidental because of alcohol poisoning. (laughs) Yeah. She was so drunk that she fell down a ravine and somehow got a bullet wound on the way down. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, That's that's, that's 1920s cops for you. uh, That's pretty drunk. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. What do you think? I think it's money playing. (laughs) (laughs) That's money plane. In this instance, plane is spelt P-L-A-I-N. I was just hey. thinking that, yeah. That's money plane. Ooh. That's money plane. I like Plain. it. I like it a lot. Anna Brown was discovered on May the 27th, 1921. On the same day, the body mm. of another Osage, Anna Brown's cousin, oh, Charles, oh. was discovered near Pohuska on the same day, and mm-hmm. he'd been shot to death. Two uh. months later... Lizzie Q. Kyle was killed as well. The mother-in-law. The, 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 the mother. Anna mother. Brown's mother. Gotcha. Who had right. inherited Anna Brown's will. Uh, estate. Ooh. At the time that Lizzie Q. Kyle was killed, she had head rights for herself and had inherited the head rights from her late husband and two daughters. Shit. So she was minted. Yeah. And it meant that yeah. her, her inheritors, her heirs, they were like insanely rich now that Lizzie Q. Kyle was dead. Well, right. it seems like they're just like stacking up. Like everyone inherits something, and with each person that dies, you inherit the inheritance, mm. and it just keeps fucking stacking. It's like a lot of rollover. It's like yeah. it just keeps. Well, this going. is like sorry. This is a massive uh, transgression. Transgression. Tangent. Digression. <laughs> digression. <laughs> fucking hell! What's wrong with me? Transgression. It's all. That, it's all that this would be a big digression, but I'll keep it brief. This is the sort of thing that happened. You know when the bubonic plague was sweeping Europe? Yeah. In Britain, this is what invented the middle class. Someone would lose everyone in their family and inherit all the money. Whoa. They'd be like the one survivor of a pl- of the plague. Ah. And it created the middle class. Holy oh. shit. Yeah, so there you go. That's what was happening in Osage. They it sounds created like the middle class. They created, it's fascinating, yeah, isn't it? That's yeah. mad. It basically wiped out serfdom. The um, plague. So, and then uh, the establishment spent the next seven hundred years trying to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Mm. <laughs> but Damn you, middle class. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. And like, yeah. yeah, it sounds like that's yeah. That is what it's the kind of like by mistake they're creating a kind of uh, mm. a richer class of yeah. Because at one point, what if one of them, right? You know, let's say like there's a bunch of them getting murdered, and one of them's like, hang on a minute figures out gets on it and then kills the person who's killing them and then they're just fucking loaded that yeah, person yeah. is just like super rich that's uh, it. Cause it just and it seems like there's obviously a pattern here because there's like the connections of this family that's it there's too many in one family there's too many but like the connections are just vague enough that someone can take the inheritance is just you know what i mean like they're mm-hmm. yeah. just far enough related almost two years later on february the 6th 1923 a man named henry roan who was another cousin of Anna Brown, and he was also known as Henry Roan Horse. Hey. Uh, Henry Roan Horse, as in R-O-A-N? R-O-A-N, yeah. Uh, he was found in his car on the Osage Reservation, dead from a shot to the head. Ooh, okay. Wow, whoever's killing them just isn't even bothering well, to make it look like an accident. I know, they're just like, boom. Yeah. Um, Roan had borrowed $1,200 from... A cattleman 
by the name of William Hale. Oh. Uh, so this guy again William that's money plane that's fucking money plane and this William guy. Hale had fraudulently arranged to make himself the beneficiary of Roan's $25,000 life Jesus. insurance policy oh my god a month later in March a bomb destroyed the Fairfax residence of Anna Brown's sister Rita killing Rita and her servant Nettie Brookshire oh my god Rita's husband, Bill, sustained like huge injuries from the blast and died four days later. And shortly yeah. before his death, he gave a statement implicating the suspected murderers and appointed his wife's estate. I feel Ooh. like these are the guys who cut off the hands of that dude and shoved him down a ravine in his car. <laughs> because they're just fucking yeah, going yeah. around, just pat, 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 blowing shit up. This is crazy. Yeah, man. Later investigations into the bomb that destroyed the house revealed that the bomb contained 19 litres of nitroglycerin. That's too many litres. You, <laughs> you, like, nitroglycerin is very fucking volatile to begin with. Yeah. You don't need 19 litres. 19 litres will blow up like five houses. That's crazy. <laughs> In June of that year, 1923, William Hale and Brian Burkhart, who'd been the ex-boyfriend of Anna Brown. Anna Brown, yeah. They put a man named George Bigheart right. on a train. I bet, I, bet he was a, I bet he was a prick as well. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, Very kind. They put him on a train to Oklahoma City to be taken to hospital. Right. Uh, and the doctors there suspected that he'd drink, drunk poisoned whiskey. Um, okay. Which, do you remember, our guy who predicted... Oh yes, when it wasn't he, he supposed to poison whiskey? Yeah, poison he. Whiskey. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. After he spent the government's money, yeah. <laughs> Big Heart got in touch with the attorney at Pohuska. Now, the attorney's name is another good name, William Watkins Vaughan. But he was known because of his double W. He was known as William W W Watkins Vaughan. William W W. Good old double W. <laughs> Big Heart called him. Said, yeah. come to the hospital. I've got something really urgent to tell you. He went and Big Heart said that he, he had suspicions about who was behind the murders and he had access to incriminating documents that would prove it. Oh, mm. shit. Oh, oh, no, don't tell me. Don't tell me before he tells him. Vaughan got on a train and this is Vaughan <gasps> no. the... Um, Money train. This is, Vaughan, <laughs> uh, this is Vaughan the attorney. This isn't even Big Heart. Vaughan got on a train to go back to Pahuska. Mm-hmm. But never arrived and went missing the next morning. <gasps> no. So when the pull, when the when the porter went to wake him up, mm. the berth on his train had not even been used. He hadn't even slept in the carriage. His Ooh. body was later found with his skull crushed beside the railroad tracks about Fuck. five miles south of Pahuska, and then Big Heart died at the hospital that same morning. Shit! Jeez. Shit! They fucking. This is the part in the Who's film where, doing this? where they the guy says it and he's like, "Don't tell anybody." And then, like, you're watching, it's like, and if I'm watching this film, I'm watching it going, he's going to die. <laughs> and then, yeah. I know what's going to happen here. He's going to yeah. fucking die. Uh-huh. So they're just bumping the. As yeah, soon and as then when, gets... they, when they throw him off the train, they do a quip, like, all change. Oh, <laughs> yes. no ticket. <laughs> Chris, was this movie written in 2003? Because I'm <laughs> loving it. It starred Aaron Eckhart. Yes. Yes. Remember yes. when yes. he was a big thing? Skeet Ulrich. He was hot off the core. Oh, the core. Oh, hot off the core. Thirteen other deaths of uh, Osage men and women 
who'd had a guardians appointed by the courts. They were reported, 13 deaths of them were reported between 1921 and 1923. Bloody hell. By 1925, 60 wealthy Osage Indians had been killed and their land had been inherited or deeded to their guardians who were local white lawyers or businessmen. 60. 60. This is, without a doubt, down to those white lawyers. Yes. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think these lawyers were like, who's gonna care? Yeah, yeah, they just, they and yeah. that's definitely how they got away with it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're white lawyers. Yeah. We're one up from white women. No one's going <laughs> to suspect us. <laughs> that's the hierarchy. White lawyers, white women. Then white women. The president. That's how it goes. <laughs> uh, that's fucking crazy, man. That's yeah, nuts. That's bananas. 60. That's kind. a lot, isn't it? That's... This is serial killer territory. Gene Hackman's in it, by the way. He's definitely oh, in this film. Is he good or bad? Uh, oh, he's bad. 2003. He's, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's, in his, he's in his playing villain period. It's just after he was in Heartbreakers. A great movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was good fun. <laughs> there are so many victims mm. that it absolutely cannot be just one person doing it. No, um, of course not. But it does reek of a plot. Yes. yes. Uh, I mean, Reek, I would say it's like going to a fucking Tokyo fish market and taking a deep breath. Like, <laughs> it's this like is... my cat's litter tray when I've been away for 24 hours. It's, it's stinky. It's, it's, it's a very smelly. A very bad smell. <laughs> it is. I mean, this thing is rotten from top to bottom. It's fucking insane. That's my cats. <laughs> what else? kind of points towards the direction of... There was an investigating body at the time. It had been set up in 1908. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was still still fairly fledgling, I guess, at this point. And it was called the Bureau of Investigation. Not the Federal, just the Bureau. This is the BI. Uh, It's Bureau of Investigation. Boy! The the boys are here. It's spelt that way, yeah, (laughs) B-O-I. Boy! (laughs) Oh, shit, here come the boys. (laughs) It discovered an underground... Uh, market of contract killers specifically Whoa. like it's a, a sort of like you know Sherlock Holmes had his Baker Street Irregulars his homeless oh network. yeah the homeless yeah. network it's sort yeah. of like a contract like killer M. a contract killer network specifically to kill Osage for their wealth mm. fuck it's that wow. movie that German movie M 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's all homeless. The uh, Fritz, homeless Fritz Lang one, isn't it? Yeah. Is that the one with Peter Laurie? Yeah, he good. Plays yeah. Him? yeah. yeah. Uh, one of those impressions you don't see anymore in cartoons because Peter like, Laurie. Peter Laurie. <laughs> Rick, you gotta help me, Rick. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? It's sort of like, yeah, I think it hit the 90s and then they were like, no kid's going to remember Casablanca. No it's more like, Peter I never fucking Laurie. remembered Casablanca. No. I saw Casablanca before I saw Casablanca because of 90s cartoons. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I definitely knew who Peter Laurie was before I saw Peter Laurie. Peter Laurie. Laurie. <laughs> what is the... There was like this a is car- such an up-to-date podcast. There was a cartoon character nice? that specifically <laughs> just was voiced as Peter Laurie. What was it? It was like a regular in a, in, in in like an ongoing oh, series. Oh yes. There oh what? Was. That was the that was the voice they were taking. Yes, it was. It, it was like it was obviously Peter Laurie, but is it a Hanna Barbera thing? Maybe. A lot of a lot of I Igor to Doctor Frankenstein uh, took yeah. on the the Peter Laurie voice. That was just kind of a default like creepy voice, I guess. <laughs> But, uh, but is Igor even in the original novel? I don't even know. His assistant. I guess so. I have no idea. I've not read it. So um, It says here, Peter Laurie was the inspiration for the character Tote in the 1981 film Raises of the Lost Ark. I don't even fucking remember him. Which one's he? Oh, he's the one that oh, has the... Oh, the um, Nazi. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, with the, the one thing who on tries to get take Peter, the I don't thing get Peter Laurie vibes from him at all. No. no. His hand is badly burned, but yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That one. Anyway, in 1925... Tribal elders, with the help of a local law officer called James Monroe Pyle, love it. They went to the Bureau of Investigation for for help and went to the boys because local and state officials could not solve the rising number of murders. I'll go one step further. Maybe some of them would not solve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The rising number. <laughs> they couldn't. Let's swap that C for a W. A double W. <laughs> they were, were, would not do it. So um, Pyle presented his evidence of murder and conspiracy requesting investigation. The Bureau of Investigation sent Tom White to lead... He was a black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The investigation. <laughs> yeah. But because of the large number of leads, bear in mind, 60 victims, probably over, over 60 victims, and also yeah. the perception that the police were corrupt, White decided yeah. he would be the public face of the investigation. That is balls of That's- steel. Isn't it? He's putting himself right in the fucking firing line. He decided he would be the public face of the investigation while most of the other agents would work undercover. And this, the the, the other agents recruited were a former New Mexico sheriff, a former Texas ranger, a man named John Berger, who had worked on the previous investigation, a man named Frank Smith, and a guy named John Wren, who was uh, a Native American who had previously been a spy for Mexican revolutionaries. Now, don't you think that sounds like a movie? Am I the only one? Yeah, I mean, am I the only one who thinks... What if I surprise you to say it's probably going to be Martin Scorsese's next movie Killers of the Flower Moon (laughs) because this this is what this is about the boys are back (laughs) (laughs) oh of Uh, course the Bureau of Investigation then becomes the Federal Federal Bureau Bureau of Investigation Ah. reminds me of an episode of the X-Files when Mulder swaps bodies with some guy and he keeps saying FBI in the mirror the FBI in Killers of the Flower Moon the book that the film is going to be based no, on. No, in the film that's about oh. that, that, that's being made. Yes. Yeah. Jesse Plemons is playing Tom White. Public. <gasps> yeah, good old Jesse. I love him. I'm so he's glad he's getting fantastic. lost work. He's so great. And William Hale is being played by Robert De Niro. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So William Hale. Is De Niro too old to play this character? Uh, he's not. Uh, well... 
No, because no, I don't think so. back then, 50 was like 70. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Like, well, so De Niro's also, great. What am I going to do? Go, eh. By the time the film comes out, De Niro will be, what, 79? Yeah, yeah. he's 80 he's in two filming years. it now, so he's 78. Yeah. I think at the time this was happening, William yeah. Hale was 50. He probably looked older than De Niro is now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, how De Niro looks like he's looked after himself. Scorsese is a year older than De Niro, I know this. Fuck. Yeah, so, so Scorsese is 80 next year. Next year. Jesus. Scorsese is going to make films for the next 10 years, isn't he? Like, people... Do you remember... Clint Eastwood is still making films and he's 91. Yeah, and he looks like Skull Boy. We got to get on that shit before he he fucking carks it. I really... I agree. I want to meet Scorsese. I wrote a film for him when I was 16. you imagine if he was... uh, We've done this before, isn't it? Where he's like, Suze, it's the greatest picture I've ever read. (laughs) This is a fantastic script. (laughs) So Brian, Brian Burkhart who yep. was the ex-boyfriend of, of Anna Brown, that, the one that um, yes. uh, the f- fell down the ravine. Fell down the ravine. Yeah, yeah. mother was also She murdered, was drunk yes. and she fell on a bullet. <laughs> he was one of William Hale's nephews. Right. Another one right. of William Hale's nephews was Ernest Burkhart and he is being played by Leonardo DiCaprio in Killers ah. of the Flower Moon. Ernest married Molly Kyle. Does mm-hmm. the name Kyle mean anything to you? Wait a minute! Did we hear it this should, name because earlier? Because of Lizzie yeah. Q. Kyle, yeah, yeah Lizzie absolutely. Q. Kyle, the mother of uh, yeah. yeah. So, the, so they're murdering their own family. They were marrying into it to get the head rights and then killing them. Fuck! Nero's going to be playing a bad guy, like super oh, bad guy. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be so good. What if he wins an Oscar? I'll be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the forming of the federal. Well, I mean, uh, when I say it's the forming of the FBI, it's like. It's the form of really what we ho- know is the profile FBI. thing for the not fledgling, but like it's 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 barely fifteen years not fifteen years old. Like it's a very young Amazing. body. Right. Agency, yeah. The body, the bureau of investigation, and it's not yet the federal bureau of investigation. But right. what gotcha. I what I like I said, my understanding has always been that this became it showed the potential for the federal bureau of investigation to operate sort of like secretly and clandestinely and yes. Have you seen you know the what Americans? I mean? sort of like Chris? have undercover agents and stuff. Have um, you seen the Americans? No. It's we're getting ahead of ourselves because it's set in the Cold War. But um, is it it's good? Very good. I want to watch it. I thoroughly you enjoyed it. You said it was good. It's I, good taste. Is it on now um, TV? I think it not, is. It's, it's on right, right now, Masoud. It's on right watch now. It. <laughs> Bye. Um, I think it's, it's on, on now TV. I think yeah. it is. It's definitely on Amazon Prime. Oh, I can watch it on there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. It started my obsession with the Cold War. Reignited it again, because I just... that oh. Such a fucking mad period. It's specifically the 80s part of the Cold War. Because it started in like... Anyway, we're talk, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Sorry, yeah. Let's get back to the Bureau and um, so the, the boys. So the Bureau are now well underway investigating. Tom White yeah. is saying that he's helping out, but he has got this band of secret agents. The New yeah. Mexico Sheriff, former That's Texas so Ranger... Cool. And a Native American as well, and like all like this sort of like a team of of Agents. secret operatives. Now, the Osage Tribal Council had basically just Occam's razored it and gone, "It's William Hale that's responsible for all of these." <laughs> I mean, we we have as well in the in the in the hour we've been talking about, it, like it's definitely William Hale. It's yeah, absolutely. So him. The uh, you wouldn't cast an hero to play him, would you? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that's that's how we did it. You don't need the Bureau of Investigation to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. You just need three movie nerds. There you go. <laughs> so, the Commissioner of Indian Affairs in the Department of the Interior sent four agents to act as 
undercover investigators. They were undercover for two years. Fuck. During that time, they they discovered a crime ring led by William Hale, and it was known in Osage County as the King of the Osage Hills. Jesus Christ. I love it. Crime ring. Hale and his nephews, Brian and Ernest, they had left Texas to come to Osage County to find jobs in the oil fields. Now, obviously, they were very opportunistic and were like, oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah. Because once they were there, they discovered how wealthy members of the Osage Nation were from royalties being paid from leases on their oil producing land. So Mm -hmm. William Hale was then like, we don't need to get the oil. We just need to get their rights. Yeah, right. So he was decided, I'm going to get the head rights and the wealth rather than... Getting the oil. Yeah. So his goal uh... was to gain the head rights and wealth of several tribe members, including his nephew's Osage wife, because Ernest had married an Osage woman. Oh, shit. And she was the last survivor of her family. Now, here's the thing. Do you think they had planned that? Or do you think he just married her because he loved her? And, and then no, no, no. He made, like... him, he made him marry her because she was the last oh. survivor. So oh, okay, like, right, right. to gain right. the wealth, he persuaded Ernest to marry Molly, Kyle. He then arranged for the murders of Molly's sisters, her brother-in-law, her mother and her cousin, Henry Roan, to cash in on the insurance policies and the head rights of each family member. But then, of course, anything he didn't get would go down to Mark. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it rolls up. Yeah. It's so, a lot of rollover. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so then there were witnesses and participants were murdered as well to cover up. Because investigation... Like, oh, no, they're on to, they, they got rid of like evidence, including people. Yeah. Um, Molly and Ernest Burkhart inherited all of the head rights from her family. And then investigators discovered that she was already being in the process of being slowly poisoned so that when she was killed they would get all of the oh my god this is i'm like i can't even holy shit (laughs) that's all i can say you don't hear much about this i don't know much about i've in fact this is genuinely the first time i've heard about it and it's yeah even the body count being quite so high you feel like it should be the biggest story it's so crazy absolutely i think it's like because it involves a bunch of white guys it's seen as like you know like huge financial crimes are never seen as being as bad as like some mad guy killing a couple of people. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? What um, I think it is, where it came in the 20th century and where it came in America's history in particular, is yeah. it's that terrifying idea of organised crime. Yeah. Like, that kind of, like, still scant disregard for human life. Completely. Mm-hmm. But a more calculated way of going about it, which is more terrifying to me. 100%. Than someone unhinged. Just Murdering like, a bunch of people. Just, just snapping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I um you talk about the financial thing. It's like I I listened to a thing about um I think it's like one of the biggest attempted heists in history is the heist of the um it was like an Indian bank. It's 20 billion dollars they tried to steal. 20 20 billion dollars with a B. Billion. They got away with 140 million, I think it was. Which is oh, a lot of money. Oh, that's so much lower than 20 billion dollars. <laughs> but it's, it's but basically they hacked into the Swift, the banking on the uh, international money transferring thing. Yeah. And that was the first I'd ever heard of it. And I'm they like, were having it all transferred to them. To them, basically, yeah. Yum, yum, yum. And you just think, like, how have I not heard about a $20 yeah. billion dollar heist? 
that's yeah. weird because not white people it was a bunch of koreans <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like it's fucking you're right it's mad and I, i'm with you chris as well it's like this is far crazier and more interesting Far more fascinating than like, <laughs> oh, some white guy didn't get hugged by his daddy, so he went and killed yeah. a bunch of people. So, this uh, is how Succession's gonna end. Like, Kendall's <laughs> just gonna fucking lose it and kill a bunch oh, of people. Yeah. And, and honestly, in saying that, I, that, that's the only group of white people I will happily watch <laughs> do bad things to each other. And it's always sunny. And, oh yes, oh yes, of course. Oh, and oh when do anyway. you think that's gonna air in Britain? Oh, um, it's normally on Netflix. Normally, but will it be as quick? Thing. And we might have to find it through nefarious means. <laughs> How many other seasons have they got? Are we going to have to William Hale it? We might have to. Yeah, we're going to have to William Hale our way to We'll, have, we'll, have, to kill him, we'll have to marry somebody and then have them killed. So anyway, as a result of like the fruits of the investigation's labour, two yeah. years, they were like... Two Jeez. fucking years. Hale, Ernest O'Brien, the nephews, and also one of the ranch hands they'd hired, they yeah. were charged with the murder of Molly's family. Of Hale was formally charged with the murder of Roan, who'd been killed on the Osage Reservation land, which made it therefore a federal crime. Two of his. Oh, Roan wasn't the. He wasn't the guy in the hospital, was he? That was Big Heart. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah no, Roan was the guy shot. shot yes, yeah. That's right. yeah. Two of his accomplices had died before the investigation was completed, and Hale and his associates were convicted in state and federal trials between the years of 1926 and 1929. They all had, you know. They swapped venues, there were hung juries, there were appeals, verdicts were overturned. In 1926, Ernest pleaded guilty to being part of the conspiracy, meaning yeah. there was a conspiracy. Yes. Uh, Jeez. John Ramsey confessed to participation in the murder of Roan as soon as he was arrested, and he'd said that William Hale promised him $500 and a new car for killing Roan. So then that's like he's paying a guy to kill somebody. That's, yes, yeah. That Ramsey met Roan on a road outside of Fairfax. They drank whiskey together. And then Ramsey shot Roan in the head. Fuck. Hell. After this, though, Ramsey changed his story and said that the actual killer was a man named Curly Johnson. <laughs> that's a fucking man. Curly from Oklahoma. It was, that's uh... a character in the musical Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Curly. It's literally the main character. It's uh, Curly Johnson. Yes. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. That's what he said to me when he killed that guy. Uh, <laughs> did you just watch Oklahoma? Oh, the sun is as high as an elephant's eye. If you think about it, the wealth of the Osage tribe made world news and everyone was really like following them. Of course. Right. And then the killing started and that made world news. Like, mm-hmm. so did the trial. Yeah. The trial. Been... Okay. And Hale and John Ramsey and Ernest... Burkhart was sentenced to life imprisonment. Now, why wasn't Brian? Yeah. Brian wasn't yeah. because he admitted guilt, but then he testified against everybody else. <laughs> oh, he was a rat. He was a dirty fucking yeah, rat. Fucking rat. You now I gotta eat noodles. Rats. Now I gotta eat noodles like a fucking. They got me noodles and tomato sauce. I gotta live the rest of my life like a schnook. <laughs> Regrets. I had a few, again to mention. My favorite bit in Sid Vicious is my way, because they don't change many of the lyrics, but some of them they do. There's a bit where he goes, "I killed a cat." <laughs> That's pretty good. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so, when you when you hear it, you don't necessarily hear it the first time you hear the song. Then you hear it, you go, "Hang on, what?" <laughs> Wait, what? Is he just admitting to? To think. I killed a cat. <laughs> so they, uh, so he he ratted everyone out. That fucking. 
He did. William Hale, John Ramsey and Ernest Burkhart were sentenced to life imprisonment, but they did receive parole. What? Well, of course, they're, they're, white, they're rich white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. forgot. And obviously that got a lot of protests from the Osage, uh, as, well, like, as other people as well. But like, yeah. Uh, yeah. there were also Do other residents, <laughs> other residents of Pahuska, they were petitioning the governor to conduct a full investigation into the deaths of both Charles Bigheart and William W.W. Oh, yeah, the guy oh. on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old double-double. Yeah. The governor assigned a man named Herman Davis to the investigation, and mm-hmm. then not long after that investigation started, Davis was convicted of bribery. Um, wow. But even though the governor then did pardon the guy that was investigating this for the bribery, the investigation was never completed. So the big heart and Vaughan... That's unsolved. Are still technically unsolved. Yeah, but I feel I feel like they play into this somehow. Yeah, I yeah I have a funny yeah, feeling like... as they were both murdered <laughs> within the yeah. realm. Yeah. So with the with the Smith murders, now that was the house bomb. Yes. Yeah. Fairfax residence. Uh, Ernest was convinced that even his wife's money and political influence of William Hale couldn't save him because of the. So he changed his plea to guilty. He has to be sentenced to life imprisonment as a way of saving his own life, because the alternative was the death penalty. Right, yeah, yeah. And he could possibly get parole if he went for it. Yeah, so at this point, because he then changed his plea, realising it was the only way to save his life, he also ratted out his uncle, (laughs) William Hale. Oh! Watch the fucking... That's both nephews now have gone... It was Uncle William. He was in. He was behind the whole conspiracy. Yeah. Uncle William did it, and also he touched my pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> it was William Hale. He's a paedophile. And um, you're William a grown Hale. man. <laughs> 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 he said that he'd used a person called Henry Grammer as a go-between. <gasps> Grammer. That's money plane. <laughs> a professional criminal named Asa Kirby. Uh, oh, Kirby. both the killings, but both Grammer and Kirby were killed before they could testify. Okay. And That's handy. This yeah. is something. Ernest's attempts to kill his wife, Molly, didn't work. Oh. Molly was a devout Catholic, and she told a priest that she thought that she was slowly being poisoned at home. Okay. Yeah. And the priest told her not to touch any alcohol under any circumstances, and the priest also alerted one of the Bureau's agents. Yeah. So Molly right. recovered from the poison that she'd already been poisoned with, yeah. and... After the trial, she divorced Ernest. Good. And mm. Molly died of unrelated causes on June the 16th, 1937, and her children inherited all of her estate. But okay. uh, consequently, also all of the other estates that everyone had died. Wow. So they got quite Because everyone's bit. fucking dead. Yeah. So they would have gotten a lot. postscript as well because in the early 1990s a man named Dennis McAuliffe who was a journalist for the Washington Post he mm-hmm. looked into the death of his own grandmother Sybil mm-hmm. who had been an Osage with head rights and she died in 1925 at the age of 21 yeah when he was little he'd been told she died of kidney disease and then he'd been told she killed killed herself and so because of this he looked into it and he found that the Bureau of Investigation believed that the murders of several Osage women had been committed or ordered by their husbands. Whoa. And most murders of the Osage during the early 1920s went unsolved. Because some of them, it's safe to say, would not have been part of this grand conspiracy. A lot of them were. Right. 
but like it's not William Howe wasn't the only guy to have the idea of bumping off some of the wealthy yeah natives. there would have been a few other people oh, he's just one of the ones who got caught fuck and then McAuliffe when he was looking into it found out that when his grandmother was little um, or rather a minor under 18 or under 21 the mm. court had appointed her white stepfather as her guardian yeah oh shit Right, and so he, he had guardianship have... of four other Osage charges, all of whom had died by 1923. Mm. He learnt that his grandmother's murder had been covered up by a false death certificate, and he became to believe that this white stepfather was responsible for her death. And Fuck he wrote no. a book about it, mm. Bloodland, a family story of all greed and murder on the Osage Reservation. Uh, so that's quite a detailed book on, the, on this period of history. Yeah. Uh, Pyle who was one of the guys that brought lights to the murder, uh, he began to fear for his life and fled with his wife to Arizona. Yeah. Okay. Pyle was the man that the tribal elders had gone to. Oh, yes. To, to seek help in originally. To be like, hey, yeah, yeah. Get the boys, get the boys on it. Mm. A lot of the county officials sought revenge against him for bringing the murders to light and he had to flee with his wife to Arizona. Uh, he died there in 1942 and there was a change in the law so to prevent further criminality and to protect the Osage people in 1925 Congress passed a law prohibiting non-Osage from inheriting head rights ah there we go so no one could just marry in and fucking get what exactly so what happened to William Hale yeah what yeah. the fuck William he died old Hale. He, could, he did die old. He did. Did he? Um, it's yeah. like your mum said Masood oh yeah they stick around they st- the yeah yeah I was about to say they that's keep like going they keep when keep when you're going. bad, you stay. You stay here. The good people they die, they're gone. But the bad people they stay. <laughs> Make you suffer. He'd ordered the murders in nineteen twenty one. He rose to power obviously through bribery, extortion and intimidation mm. and, and yeah. then later murder. He was born in Texas, but not much is known and he came to Osage for the oil. Around the turn yeah. of the 20th century. But he but wasn't no one, like rich. He wasn't from like a no rich one really know, No, he's a cattleman. And no one really oh, okay. knows what he did, what his early life was. But Thomas White, the agent in charge of the investigation, yeah. wrote a memo to then FBI director J. Edgar Hoover in 1932 and said, eventually, Hal became a millionaire who dominated local politics and could not be punished for any of the many crimes which laid at his door. His method of building up power and prestige was to put various individuals under obligation to him by means of gifts and favours shown to them. Consequently, he had a tremendous following in the vicinity composed not only of the riffraff element which had drifted in, but of many good and substantial citizens. Now, that is... He might not have been an Italian-American, but that has the black hand all over it. Uh, Is it... are, Are we... Are we kind of in racketeering territory? Uh, Is that what he's yeah, yeah. Right. So basically, basically through extortion and that he, he's it's muscling in its gangster stuff. Yeah. In 1929, he was obviously that. So he's 55 at this point. Okay. Hmm. And he was convicted of ordering the murders, and he was imprisoned. He was born in 1874, 1921. He orders this in 1929 at the age of 55. He's in prison. When do you think he died, Masood? I reckon he died shortly after, probably in his 60s. Uh, he died in 1962. Oh, he's too old. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, he died 33 no, years no, after no. being in prison. He was oh. 87. Did he get parole? Did he die in he prison? He did get parole, but then was there was a big protest about this. So, yeah, after four trials, he was convicted so he's denied in federal parole. court. 
uh, for only one of the killings, and that was Henry Rowan. Right. He was sent to a prison in Kansas because he'd attempted to cash in the $25,000 life insurance policy on Rowan's life a week after the man's death. Fucking um, cunt, man. And he'd also, and this, this wow. gross is, like, makes me sick, this. He'd served as one of the pallbearers yeah. to the man he killed. <gasps> Oh my god, no, he is so no, no Scorsese directed this film. That scene's gonna be crazy. He was sentenced to life, but he was paroled. Fucking hell. What a prick. In nineteen forty seven. So eighteen years after he was convicted. So in nineteen forty seven, okay. how old would he have been? That's seventy three. Right. So fifty five in yeah. prison, seventy three is let out. He spent some of his life in Montana, uh, working as a ranch hand for uh, a man named Benny Binion. Who's this old guy? This old man who's like, hiya, I'm going to be a ranch Do you know who Benny Binion is? No, Benny Binion. No, who's Benny Binion? Benny Binion, he was born in 1904. He was an American gambling icon and he established a lot of illegal gambling operations in Texas. And he's Uh, friends with Hale. He... Then went you know. to uh, he went to yeah, Nevada where gambling was legal at the time, and he opened the successful Binion's Horseshoe Casino in Las Vegas. So is he one of the founders of Vegas? He's also a convicted murderer. Bloody hell! <laughs> I want to hear about uh, Binion. I mean, he sounds. I'm going to hear more. Uh, about but Binion. he went he to the same prison in Kansas as Hale. Oh my which god! Is probably how they this met. And that's oh, oh, you know Hale was having a great time in hell. prison. I bet it's like that scene in Goodfellas where Charles Scorsese is slicing bits of garlic really thin. Garlic and like, with a razor uh, blade, yeah. He used to caramelise in the pan. Uh, as a little sidestep side here. Uh, yeah. While, it was, while in Dallas, Binion, who's the guy who owned the ranch that Hale went to work for, he Fuck. had he had a long running feud yeah. feud with a, 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 a small time gambler called Herbert Noble, right? And that continued after Binion moved to Las Vegas. Binion demanded that Noble increase his payoff to Binion from twenty five to forty percent, and Noble refused. So then Binion just posted a reward on Noble's scalp that eventually reached twenty five thousand dollars and control of a Dallas crap game. <laughs> Noble survived loads of attempts on his life. Sometimes narrowly escaping with gunshot wounds. He's just a small-time gambler, this noble guy. He's like, ah, god damn it! Ah. <laughs> he getting shot at and stuff. Just because Binion's there to get him. And then, I'm the Oklahoma kid! In November 1949, Noble's wife was killed in a car bombing intended for him. Oh my god. So in retaliation, shit. Noble decided he was just going to pl- fly his private plane to Las Vegas to bomb Binion's house. <laughs> but oh my god! He was restrained by local law enforcement before he could. And then in, ni- in 1951, Herbert Noble drove up to his mailbox. A bomb nearby exploded and just killed him instantly. And that was oh. the end of Herbert Noble. But oh, wow. So all I'm saying is, is that I don't think Howe was a reformed man in prison uh, no. to go and then work for Binion nope. afterwards. They uh, chatted no, and they were Binion, like, yeah. it would be a shame if this relationship had to end here. And then um, he was like, want to come be a farm hand on I'm my 73 farm. years old. Well, what else You're are you the do? most qualified what else are you boy. Do? Yeah. And then in the middle of the night, they put their hands on each other's face. And go, what, what are we doing? <laughs> it's just like prison. And then he died uh, at the age of 87 in 1962 in Arizona. William oh Hale. Fucking guy. Brian never served time because he'd already ratted everybody out to begin with. Oh, right. Leniency. Once you flip, that's it. His yeah. brother Ernest, who will be DiCaprio in the film, he was sentenced yeah. to life in He's prison. He's the lead, isn't he? Uh, that's interesting. He's probably star billing, but that's not always the lead, is it? No, that's true. But then I don't know. You don't yeah. know what 
uh, Scorsese. Yeah, who's well, a, um, who's the heart of this yeah. movie? We'll find out. When I feel it's like out. it'll be an ensemble I, from different. Yeah, yeah. I was like with with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It felt like it was definitely all. It was definitely an ensemble. Yeah. It felt. Like yeah, it was a DiCaprio bit... is the lead though, surely. Yeah, I guess. But I my my heart was always with Brad Pitt's character. <laughs> <laughs> we get it, Masood. You like the bit on the roof. <laughs> we all are you kidding me that was fantastic I paused it I paused it right there I'm going to watch it again I don't think I got enough when's um, <laughs> the film coming out it's next year isn't it there's no actual set be. release date but it'll be on Apple TV filming wrapped on October 1st I reckon it'll have a limited release in the cinemas and we should go and watch it oh absolutely um, this is the sort 100%. of film that'll be at the Prince Charles we'll all be there um, I'm looking forward to it anyway because it's, all, it's, all, it's, it's an amazing story and Scorsese is a genius so it'll be yeah it'll be he is he's not it's not that he's had some decline at any point in the last yeah 50 years of making excellent films like yeah we like him on this podcast we do very much very much Um, so Ernest was sentenced to life in prison and he was sent to uh, Oklahoma State Penitentiary but he was released in 1959 so that's 30 years later and he received a pardon in 1966 from Governor Henry Belmont. Oh, of the famous Belmonts uh, who killed Dracula in Castlevania, <laughs> of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes me really uncomfortable that he got a pardon. Like, you know, that it's just like, I don't... Obviously, the fucking governor had no idea. He was just like, he, he, I feel like a paper, piece of paper was shoved well, in front of him. Well, rather than like, yeah. like, oh, he, he's, he's served enough or something. He served like, his time yeah. and not really known what it was for. <laughs> again it's like i only knew about this case today as you've told me and i'm like it was very obviously william yeah <laughs> like he masterminded 100%. all of it and he obviously yeah. got that serial killer god um, complex thing where you go like yeah. i'll get away with it so me. again not an unsolved mystery unless right. you unless you of course count big heart big heart Vaughan. yeah um, big heart and double double your Vaughan. yeah and you know what i i will because those two you know come on those two that's the part of the movie oh. when that happens. You'll just be like, <gasps> oh my God, then, I can't wait. And then at now the that end, we've got all this at, knowledge, we're going to go into the movie and be like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be those people at the movies be like, oh, this bit, and like fucking jabbing each other in the ribs. And people be like, yeah, they'll be like their bit with that to have a conversation. And Miss Sue will turn to us and go, they never met. We pass Miss Sue popcorn and he goes, what are we doing? <laughs> well, <we> do. <laughs> <the> popcorn. <laughs> well, that was fucking incredible, Chris. Yeah, I, I didn't want to not cover it because of it's quite it's quite a big story. Um, yeah, and if we are going to be looking into a little bit later on, sort of things like the uh, maybe McCarthyism and stuff. Um, <gasps> oh my god! You need I to, can't wait. Gosh. You need to have a point on the graph for the Chris, FBI. Chris, 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 absolutely. Can we do an episode on Roy Cohn, the lawyer? Yeah, it's not a mystery. Sweet. But well, neither was this one really. I mean, well, it it was, but it was. We solved it. But this why. was like this was it. this was solved. Yeah, it's obvious. Obviously, this was. But, it, but it's still a, a fucking fascinating story, and super, and it doesn't get told super, that often either. So the nah. film, the, the uh, film's yeah. coming out next year. The book it's based on only came out in 2017. So yeah, it's fucking great. That's super cool. Yeah, fucking a man. Thanks for that. That was that was super awesome. That was awesome. Great job. Super, super cool. Yeah. Uh, we already did. We already did all the stuff at the top, didn't we? The the Patreon and all that. Ah, yes. You can leave a review. Find us on your favorite podcasting option of your whatever you like to listen to podcasts on. Podbean, 
Spotify, Apple, <laughs> the other ones. Um, you could go and give us, leave us a review and say, this is fantastic. I enjoyed Podbean. That was nice. Podbean. 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 Um, five stars. It genuinely helps people find the show. And that's, you know, it's as much as fun as it is it being your own little private fun thing that only you know about. It's super cool if other people know about that's it That's it. Don't be selfish. Don't Tell be your selfish. friends about this great podcast you listen to. We're not a secret. We're a public thing. As Lucy would say... Sharing is caring. Well, does she say um, that? She uh, says your that. Your daughter's fucking you, She's learned that from a cartoon. <laughs> she, she didn't make that up. She has. And she throws that back in my face <laughs> enough that it annoys when me. When you're eating because... something nice you've been waiting to eat. Sharing is caring. And she goes, sharing is caring. I'm like, whoa. Jesus you, Christ. Yes, I must reward this behavior, but I'm not happy about and it. You're like, and you're like, how about leaving me to enjoy my flapjack in pieces, fucking caring, yeah. Lucy? And then she just yeah. walks off. I'm not like, sharing it. Lucy turns around and is like, it's tapas. I'm like, ah, I know the point is to share it's it. It's tapas. I, I want... Masood and his middle class child. And she's like, I love tapas. Tapas. <laughs> um, amazing. Amazing. Yay. Thank you so much, everybody. <gasps> Boom. 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 It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.